the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, episode 67. You're listening to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, where we explore the real stories of real people who have discovered the profound healing properties of the cannabis plant in their own lives. Find more at CannabisHealsMe.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. This is your host, Rachel Kennerly, and I am not recording from the Storybook Inn Studios. I'm actually recording from the Sheraton Inn in Austin because I am at the Texas Marijuana Policy Conference. It's been an amazing time here at the Policy Conference. If you have not attended in the past, then I highly recommend that you come. TexasMarijuanaPolicyConference.org com or dot org. I'm sorry. I'll put a link in the show notes page for today's episode. Now, there's just been some great content, some amazing panels that have been out. And the bad thing is, is there's so many great panels. When you go to one, you miss two. There's lots of stuff here, but I'm not seeing but a third of it. And actually less than that, because my friend Summer Wilkinson and I spoke today on accounting and finance and tax related matters, and I missed one of the breakout sessions that I really wanted to attend. Fortunately, they are recording the breakout sessions and they will be available for download at a later date. Probably my favorite part, no, absolutely my favorite part of the policy conference has been being able to actually meet people I have interviewed for the podcast. And so getting to hug their neck or shake their hand, just being able to do that, it's amazing. I've, I've met David Bass, Josh Raines, Heather Fazio, Nico Murillo, just some absolutely incredible people. And if I forgot your name, I am so sorry. I am exhausted. This has been a two-day marathon. And then speaking today totally and completely wiped me out on top of that. I've also been able to reconnect with some friends that I've made in the past. Uh, Amanda Hughes Munson has been here, so I got to hang out with her for a little while. And then making lots of new friends. Uh, of course, Summer got to hang out with her, got the team back together so that we could present on accounting and tax-related issues for cannabis and, in this instance, hemp and CBD-related industries. So it's been great being able to speak with her again and chill with her and just hang out and meet all the cool people and just see people that are working towards a common goal that I am. People that are on the left, people that are on the right, people that are in the middle, just all coalescing and coming together to try and influence marijuana policy in the state of Texas. And if you can't come to something like this, I highly encourage you to get together regularly with people that are pushing towards the same goals as you. It's it's very encouraging and it kind of gives you that second wind to keep on pushing, keep on doing the work that you've been doing. So shout out to, to the great event, to Heather and Jack Finkel for all their hard work putting this event together and all the volunteers that have been up here for two days just working hard and making this event a great success. It's been well attended and all the feedback that I've heard from everyone has been they've thought it was spectacular. So and, and their only complaint is like me. There's just so much content and I don't have time to get to it all. I'm looking forward to coming back next year. Even if I'm not a speaker, I will attend because this is a great event for people to come and attend and get get information, stuff that you don't necessarily know. We've learned some of the federal legislation that's pending that could help ease regulation or ease banking restrictions. So just lots of information. I've told several people it's like drinking from a fire hose. You're, there's just so much to consume. You're just gasping and gulping for breath. And it's not over yet. I still got half a day tomorrow. So I'm really excited to uh, attend tomorrow. 
another cool thing is I've gotten to meet a lot of really cool people that I'm going to have on the show in the coming months. So I am anxious to bring that content to you, to bring some of the stories that I heard while attending this conference and bring those to you so that you can in turn share those stories with other people and help impress upon them that cannabis is medicine, that this isn't about getting high. This is about bodily autonomy and letting people treat their body with the medicine that is best for their body. And with that in mind, I just want to remind you about our Tell Three People Challenge. We ask our listeners every week to share the podcast with three people. We want to get these stories out there and let people know that this plant is medicine, that it's not going to make them crazy or make them violent. This plant is medicine. So we would appreciate you participating with us, partnering with us, and sharing the podcast with as many people who you think would listen and give a give an ear to these stories. Today's story is coming from Melissa Newman. She was diagnosed with a Chiari malformation and rheumatoid arthritis, and she's going to come on and tell us how cannabis has helped her with those two medical conditions. So without further delay, here's Melissa. Welcome back, everyone. We are pleased to have on the program today, Melissa Newman. Melissa has been diagnosed with both rheumatoid arthritis and Chiari malformation, and she's going to come on and talk to us about her experience with those two conditions and then also how cannabis has played a role in her life. Melissa, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. I really appreciate um, this opportunity to express my experience. Yes, I'm I'm glad to have you on. We met at a a, a Tarrant County Libertarian Party event um what yeah. two or three weeks ago? Uh-huh. My friend overheard you talking about how you had some medical conditions that cannabis had helped. And so you and I got to talking and set up this time for us to chat and go into a little more detail about it. So if you don't mind, you know, most of our listeners have probably heard of rheumatoid arthritis but they probably don't really understand how it can impact a person's life. I, I have a, a sister-in-law who has a rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis, and I still don't fully understand how does that affect her in her daily life. So can you tell us about that? Yes, I have this thing that I wake up every day with. So um, about uh, 24, I started having like swelling in my hips and uh, problems with my hips, really. And the doctor just you know, kept testing me for different things and whatever. And I would have like these uh, nodules on my feet and they didn't really know what it was. And finally they figured out what it was and diagnosed me. But daily I deal with things like, well, I used to deal with things like hours it would take me to wake up. Like I wake up and feel like I was an old lady. Like I didn't feel like I was in my thirties. I felt like I was in my sixties because, um, you know, what, what's happening is my body is attacking my joints. So, you know, I don't have the soft tissue in my joint is no longer there. Oh, so wow. I have different joints inside my body that the soft, the soft tissues are gone. So, so it's just you know, kind of bone on bone. It's bone on bone. Okay. And then what happens, what, as it progresses, what happens is those bones start to change. Um, so because your body's attacking that joint. Um, so, I mean, if you can imagine living that life every day, knowing that, that, you know, one, that's your future and two, that, you know, something that, you know, you have to like put it in perspective and forget about it, but it's there. It's there every day, all the time. So you were diagnosed at 24 with rheumatoid arthritis. And now you mentioned nodules and as far as the nodules go, are the, is that like a corn or something bigger than that? I mean, I imagine that's pretty painful to walk on. 
Yes, it's on uh, different. Uh, it would be on different joints, um, on diff- all over your body. Like uh, some people even get them. Like, and that's the danger of having um, this is that you know they can get in your lungs. You can get nodules in your lungs and in your heart. So you know it's, it's scary disease to have, and you know. I have to keep track of, I know when my body's having um, an episode, I guess, it gets worse and better. It's not ever, like, it's not the same every day. It's, it's worse and better some days. So some days I know that there's, I'm having a response. My body's flaring up. So on flare days, um, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to deal with. Yeah. As I mentioned previously, I have a sister-in-law who was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And I think she has like a gluten intolerance. Do you have anything, do you have any food issues as well? Things that you have to avoid because it causes more inflammation? Yes. So um, for me, like I don't, I don't eat red dye. I don't eat meat because uh, red meat really causes inflammation in the body. There's things that I've added to my diet, like cannabis, that, that, help your body fight that that um that response so um when i when i added those things to my diet i i, I see a whole different response so i don't have as many flares happening and is rheumatoid arthritis is it more of an autoimmune disease is that considered an oh, autoimmune disease it's definitely an autoimmune disease i have i have um, multiple autoimmune diseases I okay guess I shouldn't say that <laughs> <laughs> now the chiari malformation the only reason I've heard of that is because I have a nephew that was diagnosed with that, but I really don't know much about it because I have no medical background. So you, can you tell me what a Chiari malformation is and again, how that affects someone's daily life? Yeah, for sure. So um, what it is, is when your brain is too big for your skull. And so then um, the very bottom of your brain, which is like your brainstem, um, they call it the brain tonsil, it seeps into your spinal cavity. Then, you know, we have a fluid that goes our spinal cavity and our brain, and that fluid has to be free moving. But when your brain is like plugging that hole, then you have issues. So you, you could have cognitive issues. Um, you know, there are, there are people who are way more disabled than I am because of this this problem. Like I had brain surgery in, I don't know, 2006, I think. And they removed a piece of my the back of my skull. And that released some of the pressure on my brain. But I still was having a lot of the same symptoms. So they gave me an option to come back and have another surgery and remove some more of my skull. Because of the complications with the first surgery, I decided not do that yeah but um, and kind of just deal with um you know the, the issues I was having every day so the, the issues that would really happen is they would they would call them cluster headaches they were like it was a non-stop pain in my head so you know sometimes it would be in the front sometimes it would be in the back it would be all the time I uh, also uh, would have welling in my in my brain and then that would cause me uh, to press against my optic nerve and then I would start losing my eyesight on my left side so it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. Some of the stuff that, um, I, you know, I forget it's a part of my life that, mm-hmm. I, that I have to deal with on a daily basis just because I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. Now, after surgery, did you get any sort of relief from the problems that you were having or did the complications make things worse? Uh, no, I didn't receive any relief. Um, after surgery, and that was, that was just a part of having surgeries is, you know, you know, there's a chance that it's not going to help. Yeah. And um, I, 
I actually died in the middle of the surgery. And oh, I, wow. I feel, like, I feel like maybe that caused the more problems I had. So for the next 10 years, they had sent me, the surgeon kind of gave up since I wouldn't give him, uh, let him do surgery again and just sent me to uh, pain management. And then through that, you know, I did multiple other just day surgeries with them, but really no relief. All they would just keep writing me prescriptions. So I'm assuming they probably put you on opioids if you're going to a pain management specialist. Oh, for sure. For sure. Heavy doses of them for many years. It sounds like you went the traditional pharmaceutical route to address both your rheumatoid arthritis and your Chiari malformation. Yes, for sure. With the, you know, the joints and I took all the biologics they asked me to take. I don't know if you've ever looked into biologics, but that's what they give people um, to like pretty much to kill your immune system so that your body stops attacking itself. That seems like it, you would be sick all the time if you had no m- immune system. All the time. Like, I couldn't go to the grocery store. I couldn't go anywhere. Like, going to the grocery store, there's the thought of going to the grocery store. You know, I'd get a cold. I, I swear, it was the craziest thing. So I just, I had no life. Like, my life was my home. I was stuck here all the time because, you know, exposing myself to... A, an illness, then I would get sick, and then the little that I could do was taken away from me at that point. So you're dealing with having no immune system, and then probably having using a, some pretty high dose opioids at the same time. Were you considered disabled? Yes, ma'am, I, I was. I mean, I'm, I've been on disability for 13 years now. So how did you discover cannabis as a treatment method for rheumatoid arthritis and QR malformation? Or did you just kind of consume occasionally for the fun of it and then suddenly realize, oh man, I feel so much better after I do this? Well, you know, like like most people, I consumed a little bit of cannabis as a kid. Um, but, you know, as an adult and as a mom, you know, I, I really wanted to, you know, I didn't want that stuff. You know, I, I thought it was bad. You know, I labeled it as bad. Head. So, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't have it around my children, of course, you know, but was bringing opioids into the house. So mm-hmm. I don't know, <laughs> but I started considering it when it became legal in Colorado. My parents were there and my mom had noticed what a, you know, what a big thing it was. We have family that lives there. And she, she called me and said, you know, Hey, you should really try cannabis. It's it helping a lot of people. So, you know, I, I tossed it for a couple of years and, you know, tried it here and there because I know people, but it wasn't something that I thought really would give me relief at all. And one day I, I was watching some TV show and this doctor was talking about how um, people were getting off of opioids in Colorado. There's a, a, a rehab or something. And I, I was convinced, like, I can do this. Like, um, at the time, I was on morphine. I needed to have back surgery, which is something that you, when you have no disc, they have to replace it. That's nothing I can do. But I knew the path that I needed to take to get off of the opioids. And I could see it clearly in my head, and I was like, I'm doing this. So I went to Colorado and got a bunch of uh, concentrates and completely dosed myself off of them, like 90 milligrams of morphine. Oh, wow. I have not looked back. Through cannabis, I was able to get off the opioids, and then I found that with cannabis, both THC and CBD, I'm able to level myself out where I, I feel normal again. Yeah, you seem like you're getting pretty around pretty well when I met you. I know. I mean, you you wouldn't believe it. I mean, just, just a year or 
maybe a little longer. So a year and a half ago was right after I had had my back surgery, walking in the march, uh, the marijuana march. You know, that was the first time that I had walked that much in a long time. Yeah. I was really bedridden because of um, my back and everything else. So, you know, it was it was amazing to me. You know, there's a little bit of a limp still every once in a while. My my hip will give me some issues, but you know, I, I get through it. I, I, I'm absolutely amazed by my life. Every day I want to pinch myself because it's beautiful. Now, what about your cluster headaches that you get because of the Chiari malformation? Have those subsided or do you still struggle with that, even using cannabis? I don't get them at all anymore. Wow. I mean, I, I, every once in a while I'll get a headache and I'll be like, wow, it has been so long since I got a headache. Mm-hmm. And I just have that thought, like, for me, years ago, I would be just suffering from, you know, my head hurting so bad for such a long time. Yeah. And, you know, like, I can't remember the last time what it feels like not to be in pain. And now when I experience pain, it's just absolutely amazing to just be like, you know, I can't believe I'm in pain, you know? Well, with regards to pain, on a on a pain scale, before you were using cannabis regularly and you were still on opioids... What would you say your pain skill was during that period of time? I would say um, on a regular basis, my pain was anywhere from a six to a nine, sometimes. Wow. Wow. And so how would you rate your pain now after getting off opioids and using cannabis? So as long as I, you know, I correctly dose myself, which took some time to yeah. figure out what, where, what I call it a sweet spot, uh-huh. but, you know, it, when I find when I found my sweet spot, you know, as long as I'm as long as I stay in that sweet spot, and you know, I, I understand my limitations, I stay out of pain most of the days. I mean, I have bad days, I have flares because it's part of what I have. But even then, you know, I consume more CBDs, more THC, and more cannabis, and I'm back to relief. So it's something that is handy for me to have on me. So if you experience pain, you can take some cannabis and it kind of wipes it out. Exactly. So I um I've read a few books of uh, different things about um you know how to find the sweet spot, and something that really helped me was um, the Fico oil, and I took it for like a six week basis. I took um, half a gram a day for six weeks, and that really helped stop a flare up for me. Normally they would be putting me on high doses of prednisone. Um, I don't know if you've ever been on prednisone, but it doesn't make you the nicest person. No. I, I mean, I've, I've been on it temporarily because I've had some flare-ups with hives and stuff. But right. But not long-term because long-term is no good for your body, for sure. Oh, it's, it's horrible. And it, and, it, and it just makes you not yourself. Yeah. So I, I feel like I've found a much better relief in a plant that I get to still be myself. You know, I still get to live my life and and dream a little bit and enjoy it, you know? I think it's ironic that your mother called you and told you you needed to try cannabis. I do too, because it really has <laughs> taken, taken her years to get used to that I'm like an activist and, you know, that I, that I, you know, that I'm out there about my cannabis use. It's taken her years, but yeah, <laughs> she'll laugh when she hears it. Yeah, but to for her to say, hey, there it's working pretty good on people up here. Maybe you should try it. I, I can't even fathom my mom picking up the phone and saying, hey, you should use cannabis. <laughs> yeah, we're we're open mind. We're open minded people. So my my family lives in Colorado, and um, 
my aunt actually has a medical card. So, How long did it take you to find that sweet spot of what you needed, what your ratios needed to be on THC to CBD? I, you know, for me, it took reading several books, doing a little bit of online research, but probably like six months for me to really find where I don't feel like, you know, I'm, I'm limited by my my pain, you know, like I'm, I'm not limited by that. And like on a daily basis, like when you take prescription medications, it's in your brain. You're like, okay, I got to make sure I got enough meds to get out of the house and, you know, go do this. And I don't, I don't even have to consider that anymore. Sometimes it's so mind boggling to me that I don't have to even consider it. Yeah. So do you dose yourself every day or just when the, the pain comes on or what's kind of your treatment plan? So mainly I, um, I use CBD and then, um, when there's when there's a flare, I do use cannabis. Okay, so you're able to control all these conditions just using CBD and and cannabis. And I should, I mean, yeah, I guess not full plant. I guess it's just when you have a flare up when you kind of have to get full plant involved, right? There's limitations to what I can get get here in the state. We do travel a lot. Uh, New Mexico's record or uh, medical and Colorado's medical so you know we do travel and i i have access for a short period of time but then my access is limited to what i'm allowed to medicate here in texas so right i think that that's exactly why i'm an activist is because somebody like me i should be able to go into a store and um be able to medicate with a plant because you know that's what my body needs that's what i've found that works for my body and i should be able to do that yeah, and if you're forced to go to the black market, it's not like they're testing that stuff before you get it. You know, it's it's a crapshoot as far as the quality or what you're going to get. You have no idea what you're going to get, you know, what they've fertilized it with, what, what they've put in it. What, is there heavy metals in the soil? Like there's all, I mean, there's patients having to go out to the black market to, you know, try and heal themselves, to try and help themselves. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Patients would be a lot safer if they would just open the markets up and quit being afraid of ooh, the THC boogeyman. Yeah, I mean, THC never killed anybody ever. Like, there's never been any reported from THC. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time trying to figure out why it's still um, against the law, honestly. Are there any resources you recommend to folks who are doing research and trying to figure out well, what do I, what does my body need to help with a Chiari malformation or rheumatoid arthritis? Or are there any, the books that you read, do you, what are those that you would recommend to folks? Um, well, so uh, one of the best books I read was Chronic Relief. And it, it's eye-opening because she really goes through the whole book and talks about, you know, the history, why it's illegal. And then she talks about the science. And then at the end of the book, she actually gives you recipes um, and teaches, teaches you how to... Um, how you know what how to how to how to take it and what to take for different types of illnesses she also in and, and this book was so helpful to me because in this book she she even references like websites of where you can do more research so i mean for anybody i would say definitely chronic relief um and i bought it off amazon so okay perfect well, I'll make sure I put a link to that in the show notes so that folks want to go and check that out. What about websites that you, do you have any websites that you recommend? I, I have a list of like research articles that I've read about cannabis, but other than that, I don't think of a website other than my own. Okay. Well, what is your website? 
My website is moseycbd.com. Okay. And how do you spell that? M-O-Z-E-Y-C-B-D.com. Okay. And you are located, do you have a physical store? Is it all online? It's all online. And is Mosey the brand or is that just the name of your store? That's just the name of my company. And this, the brand is actually Hempworks. It's uh, one of the purest oils um, on the market. I don't know if you've ever heard of the hemp round table, but it's like a label that, that only 18 out of 22,000 CBD companies have gotten. And it's a standard of purity and third-party testing. And we don't have heavy metals and stuff like that in our oil. Okay. I will make sure I put a link to that on the website. How long have you been selling CBD? So I've been a distributor for CBD about a year. It really took me about, you know, six months to level out the amount of CBDs. Because at first, you know, I... Just like a lot of people, I thought that the THC was what was really healing me. And when I added when I added CBDs through a tincture every day in my diet, I, I really started seeing uh, just absolutely amazing results. Because at that point, you know, I had, I had gotten off all of the opioids and I wasn't in as much pain, but the CBDs really helped um, just like level me out and. I don't, I don't know if you know much about CBD or THC, but um, they, they like work perfectly together. Yeah. Like they were built, were made in this plant and they worked so good together. And a lot of the um, cannabis that, you know, we get on the black market, a lot of the CBD has been like bred out of that cannabis. So we're not getting a lot of CBD in whatever we're consuming. So, I mean, I needed to, um, it was like a dietary supplement, just supplement my CBD and it, it was amazing. So you had to bring in the CBD oil on top of the the cannabis that you were consuming mm-hmm. because that's such a high concentrate of THC you weren't getting much CBD out of it. Exactly. So okay. you really need you really need both, you know, and I mean the more research we do the more I notice like you need everything in the whole plant like all the all the different flavonoids all the ter- terpenes and stuff like you need those. Those there's a lot of um I saw in Colorado the other day there's like a subdermal patch that has uh, terpenes in it. It doesn't have CBD or THC in it. It's cool. just That's the terpenes. Huh. Yeah. It's another compound in the plant that is beneficial, you know, medically, medicinally. So, oh, it's so cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'd, I'd heard of subdermal patches, but I'd never heard of ones that were both TH-free and CBD-free, just the terpenes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We'll see how it works out. I guess the difficult thing is when you're trying to dose yourself with cannabis is everybody's body is so different and responds so differently to the plant that it is a hunt in the dark or trying to find a needle in a haystack almost to find your sweet spot. It is. It was really hard. I mean, I, if I think about it, like the, the two hardest things about this whole journey was one, deciding to not listen to my doctor and two, finding that, you know, what amount of this plant is going to help me and then still let me be here and present um, in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's really, it is very difficult. And I work with people. This is, this is really what I do is I work with people and trying to help them find um, where, where they're getting the most amount of relief. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you decided not to listen to your doctors. Have you been back to your doctors since you decided to medicate yourself with cannabis and have they given you any disapproving looks? 
Well, um, I have been back to all all my doctors. Some of them are supportive. Um, of course, my pain management doctor is not supportive. I'm left. It was really funny. Like, I don't know, just just to to, to be like, I'm not. I I took myself off of these, and I don't want any more. And they both they you know they write me a prescription as I'm saying, no, I don't want any. Yeah. <laughs> they're writing. They're sending me home with the prescription. I just, I mean, so they, they, you know, they're losing money, so I'm sure they're not happy about, you know, the results that I found. Yeah. But if you're able <laughs> to if, get yourself off these opioids, my gosh. I've been diagnosed with, like, you know, a fatty liver and that, you know, that's from taking the high doses of opioids. My liver function was low, you know, that's just some pharmaceuticals, heavy pharmaceuticals. And my liver function's perfect. So you've been able to, or... I guess your liver has been repaired since taking cannabis. Your body will uh, help repair itself. So my yes, liver, my liver functions perfect. My um, blood pressure. There's so many things. I, I was uh, on the cusp of being. Um, I was pre-diabetic, so oh, you know, wow. the things like blood sugar is fine now. There's so so much relief that I found. And all of these were side effects of the opioids that they were giving you. Well, so um, some of them are yes so uh, some of the heart problems that i've had are because of the autoimmune diseases and then also the the use of heavy pharmaceuticals so the prednisone that that can hurt your heart there's several other um, medications uh, the biologics that can can do different things to your liver and whatever so they've always kept an eye on all of those functions because they were a little bit off so how many prescriptions were you on before you decided that's it i'm going to go to cannabis i was probably on at the most i'd say 12 to 15 medications some of the medications were like you know i'd give myself an injection of this biologic once a week or one of the medications i take like six pills once a day or once a week it they're kind of weird medications but it was a lot of it was half of them were opioids and the other half were biologics and um, i got into a the doctor's starting to like wean me off the opioids and then wean me on to antidepressants and other things like that. And I'm just so thankful to be all all of it, actually. So you're not on any prescription meds at this time? No, I take right now, I currently, I have a, a problem with my thyroid hormones. So I do take thyroid and that's the only one I take. And I'm actually taking half the dose. Of- but that's it from... From 12 to 15 prescriptions down to one or two? Yeah. I mean, I'm saving thousands of dollars a month and not prescription medication. Yes, that's insane. And then on top of that, all these health conditions that you were having that you already had and then some of the side effects of the other medications that you were starting to experience are pretty well gone. Yeah, it makes me want to pinch myself, I'm telling you, every day. I can't, I just leave it because I mean, I'm, I never thought that this is, this is where it, this would have turned out. Now, let me ask you this as far as like, because you had mentioned that you were on morphine and these opioids. What was your, I guess, were you kind of in almost like a drug induced, not drug induced coma, but like kind of like a zombie? Or did you have an active role in your life? No, I was a complete zombie. Um, I, my day, I mean, I, I tell you, my day consisted of, like, I would wake up, 
take my kids to school and then I would take my medication and I would sleep until my kids got out of school. That was my day. Wow. I could not do anything else. More than that it was overwhelming and just too much. It, it was just not cool. I mean, I'm, I'm just now, I started like exercising. I'm just now realizing how much, like that much inactivity, how much muscle mass I've lost, you know, like other side effects of opioids people don't talk about. I mean, you lose your muscle mass. You're, I mean, you're in pain and you need that muscle to handle that, that pain, but you're losing the pain by taking those opioids or losing the muscle. Is that because it, you just, it just kind of makes you a zombie and you just sit around and do nothing? Or is that because just like one of the side effects of opioids? Um, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> But you know you do you you're losing muscle if you don't if you don't use it you lose it so you're you are if you're taking um, how much morphine I was taking you're not moving around you're not driving you're not going anywhere you're not doing nothing. What have your kids said since you switched to this plant medicine? So for me, um, we're we're real honest with our children. I mean, I'm I I know I I live in Texas, but um, I know that. There are other states that people are really very honest with their children. So I see it as a plant. And for my children, they've seen their mom on opioids. Um, they've seen their mom checked out for many years. And now they don't. They, they get to see me, you know, as, you know, um, the mom that I've always wanted to be because I'm able to. And for the first time, I'm not like drugged out by, you know, it's doctor induced, you know, you know, I, that's all it is. I mean, the doctors wrote these prescriptions and I took them and, you know, I, I, I feel like I've lost 10 years, you know, to pharmaceuticals and I'm, like, I'm not going to waste another minute. Yeah. I don't blame you. Well, I don't think I have any other questions. I, I think it's incredible that the progress that you've made and that you're not a zombie anymore and you actually be, get to be present in your own life. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's absolutely amazing. And I, I just really appreciate, you know, this opportunity to, um, you know, be able to honestly speak about um, cannabis and um, about my journey. You know, I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're glad that you came on and are, and are open and willing to share your story. Cause I, and I'm hoping because a lot of people there's just so many people that have autoimmune conditions and, you know, you hear of a lot of people being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So I'm hoping that people that have that diagnosis will listen to the podcast and realize, Oh wait, there, there's another way to treat myself other than just being on a bunch of opioids. Right. And a way that I can treat myself naturally and not have all these other horrendous side effects. Yes. Anybody who has, all right, knows how these side of the side effects of, you know, these, the medications they're giving us. So, I mean, do your research. I mean, for anybody, all that's all I suggest you do is do some research. You know, you can Google it. You can ask Alexa. You know, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. She will tell you that it it will it will heal you. It will help. You. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on today. We will put links to everything we've talked about in the show notes for today's episode. And if folks want to reach out to you, I guess they can find you at your website, right? Yes, ma'am. Just uh, on my website or um, I my Facebook is Melissa CBD. Okay. Perfect. All right. I'll put a link to that as well in the show notes page for today. Well, thanks a lot for your time. And I hope you continued health using plant medicine. 
You're awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your help. All right. Thanks a lot, Melissa. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That's a wrap on today's episode, folks. You can check out the show notes page at CannabisHealsMe.com slash 67. You guys have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with another educational episode. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you're using. Have a suggestion for a guest on Cannabis Heals Me? Send an email to podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Cannabis Heals Me or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments.